Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Naturalista Experience. Well, hello, 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 loves. It's me, Katie Naturalista. Today's date is Saturday, August 25th, 2018. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Today we have another exciting show scheduled for you all. We are going to go into a part six segment of No One Knows a Poet. So you know what that means. We have a surprise in store for you today. So of course, stay tuned to find out what it is. But before we get into today's topic, I'd like to drop you this track by the internet featuring Tay Walker titled, You Don't Even Know. And you're hearing this on The Naturally Stay Experience. You're beautiful, you brighten up my day. And when your skin touches mine, I get goosebumps right away.
And hello, loves. Welcome back to the Naturally Sick Experience. Just a reminder of how you guys can find me and follow me. You can catch me on most social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Katie Naturalista. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel to get your daily and weekly poetry fill. Follow and listen to the Naturally Sick Experience podcast on Block Talk Radio. And to all you listeners listening on Block Talk Radio, look below the description line. You'll see a few links there. They will take you to the many different platforms to listen to the Naturally Sick Experience, as well as show you where you could purchase my two books, Real Love, Real Life, and Lust Redeem, Love and Pain, Life Reclaimed. Also, make sure to stop by naturallystapublishing.com forward slash shop and support the Naturalista movement. Go ahead and get you a Naturalista tea. Hey, it's starting to get a little chilly outside. Maybe you want a hoodie. Also, you guys can even contribute to the Naturalista experience via Patreon. Just check out patreon.com forward slash Katie underscore Naturalista. So today's topic, you guys, as I stated earlier, no one knows a poet, part six. Just so you all know, No One Knows a Poet will be a monthly series that we will be hosting on The Naturalist Experience. If you want to find out how to be featured on The Naturalist Experience, check out that Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com forward slash Katie underscore naturalista. We would love, 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 love to have you on the show and give you the exposure that you've been looking for. Again, check out patreon.com forward slash Katie underscore naturalista. Our goal is to keep the art of spoken word and creativity alive. So join us in on the cause because I know there's many of you guys out there to tell your story and share and inspire other people. You know, as I stated before the break, we have a special surprise for you all today. So I want you guys to, of course, stay tuned to find out what it is. Just kick back and relax. I'm going to drop you guys two tracks. Here's Baby Be Mine by Quadrant. As you all know, that's the, the late and great Michael Jackson song, Baby Be Mine. And right after that, you guys will hear Hypnotized by JMSN. And you're hearing this on The Naturally Sick Experience. We'll be right back after the break. Baby, be mine. 
Welcome back to the Naturally Sick Experience, loves. As you know, we have a special guest on the show today. He is a wonderful poet. Um, He's going to share with us some things about his life and what inspired his writing. I want you guys to get ready, be tuned in, and prepare yourself for the wonderful brother, Mr. Leon King. Hello, brother. Welcome to the show, Leon King. How are you feeling this evening? I'm feeling great, Katie. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure having you on. And where are you from, uh, Leon King? Give us a little bit of info where you're from. Uh, I'm originally from Louisiana. Um, right now, living in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. Um, but originally from the capital city, Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. It's my hometown for most of my life. This is the first time moving away about six years ago, but I love that man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. As they like to call it, hot Atlanta. So, you know, everybody that's talented and happening, they're here, you know. That's how we make it happen, right? (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So, of course, Leon, you know, I wanted to bring you on the show this evening to No One Knows a a Poet, which is our uh, monthly podcast series that we do, because I wanted to, of course, you know, get people to know you. Oh, I'd like them to know who Leon King is. So who would you say Leon King is, and what do you do? 
um, it's hard for me to call myself a poet. <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. hard for me to call myself a poet because I, I didn't go to school for it and I have such respect for the craft. Um, I consider myself more of a, a writer, at least by, by my definition, uh, meaning somebody who at a, at a moment of inspiration has no choice but to find paper and pen and, and get his thoughts out on, on, onto paper as quick as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I, I, I write consistently it's a way for me to get things out that are, that are in my mind, that's on my heart, that's in my spirit, um, and to purge it, if you will, the paper. Uh, and so I consider myself definitely a writer. Um, I've let, you know, friends of mine uh, read my, my work, um, and they, they call it poetry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I personally feel like it's more musing, you know, more the, more um, paper being a blank canvas, if you will, and my way of painting because I can't draw a stick figure, you know. So it's my way of painting pictures and just, making sure I record moments of inspiration when I see the world as art in motion. That's beautiful. That's very, very beautiful. And as a writer, um, that's what, you know, most of us do, whether you define yourself as a poet or a writer. It's kind of like, you know, the paper is your canvas. The pen is just you spilling out what you're feeling. Um, And the thing about being a writer is it kind of helps you be more connected. Do you feel like you have more connectivity with people, you know, that you do share your work with? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all bond over shared experience and it requires a lot of vulnerability and a lot of uh, <laughs> courage to share your work when it's so personal. And mine tends to be a little dark, <laughs> a little right. more cryptic um, at times. And so mm-hmm. definitely to share that, especially if it's something that's going to make somebody, you know, raise an eyebrow or, you know, anytime you share your creative work, just open yourself up for judgment. And that requires uh, a level of vulnerability that most people will understand. And that is so, so true. You're not lying about that because I can tell you there's many pieces that I know I've written and it's like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm going to put this out for the world to see. Nonetheless, you know, your parents always want to support you and they're like, oh, I can't believe you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely understand. I definitely understand. So, of course, like you said, you know, you use the you use your writing skills, you know, as your as your open canvas to write. But let me ask you, you know, why do you do what you do? Is it is it a therapy for you, or, or what does writing do for you? Um, what it does for me, it allows me to stay in the light, and I'll expound on that a little bit. Um, I think sometimes things in our world current day t- tend to lean too much towards darkness, or mm-hmm. to, um, things that are heavy or that are not um, joyful or not reminiscent of the opportunities that we have every day to better each other and ourselves. Um, so when I have uh, an emotion that is not necessarily in the light, <laughs> if right. you will, then I try to, to get that darkness out in some type of way um, so that I can stay in the light because my hope is that I can always be the light in whatever setting I'm in. Um, so for that reason, I, I use it as a tool to to purge any darkness that may be lurking in the corner, no matter how human that darkness is. Um, I try to get it out so I can stay more to the light. So I think uh, having positive energy and seeing the glass half full versus half empty is so huge and so key to success, um, but also makes you a better person to be around and also makes mm-hmm. you more impactful um, when you're being used to, to speak to others. And that's very, very so that's true why because. I do. Um, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say that's very true what you're saying because, as people say, it's always a vibe that you pick up, you know, with certain people. So I, I definitely understand what you mean by the light and, you know, kind of exuding that light and, you know, positive attitude around whoever you are around. So that's really good. Go ahead. And then you were saying something else after that. What was that? Um, I was uh, saying, so now uh, I've reached a point in my life where I'm brave enough to share. But with sharing the work, I'm hoping that uh, anyone who hears it is able to get something from it and that if if it is the darkness that they identify with, that if it reassures them that they're not alone, that everybody's gone through this at some point or another in their, in their journey, 
and that you can you can get past it. Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful, Leon King. And then, you know, with that being said, you know, about, of course, becoming a light, also sharing and kind of, you know, building that connectivity between people, would you say that that's what's most important to you as a writer, or is there something else that you would like to add on to that or expand upon? Uh, or expand upon? Um, I just think as an, as an artist, you just have to move, <laughs> you know, with your with your gifts, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So as growing and developing and, and requiring more of me, I have to answer whatever call I feel in, in my spirit. But um, that last thing I said about impacting people in a positive way and and helping them know, that is the most important to me currently when it comes to sharing this, 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 these works with the world. Is, that's what's most important to me. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And, you know, even with that being said, what's your, what's your background? Um, you know, as far as where did you, where have you been in life? What kind of inspired you to become this writer? What, what background do you have? Okay. Uh, well, I just, you know, speaking very transparently, I come from a long line of uh, preachers mm-hmm. and, as a result of the pressure that sometimes comes with being a preacher's kid, which most people will, you know, most people say, oh, preacher's kids are so bad. But they don't understand <laughs> the pressure that you're under to yeah. to be perfect, if you will, and to fit a mold, um, to fit a certain image. Uh, so I spent most of my life trying to fit into an image that was something that would be approved, okay? So I was trying mm-hmm. to be a lot of things that I wasn't. I was <laughs> trying to be uh, somebody who was... Um, always forgiving, someone who was always uh, caring, somebody who was always, uh, somebody who would turn the other cheek, uh, someone who was straight, that was one thing, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, someone who was just perfect. I just tried to fit into that mold, and all those things that I needed to, or should I say, all those times I needed to fail publicly to grow, mm-hmm. I was not brave enough to fail publicly. Um, so, as a result, I turned uh, to writing because I wasn't being honest with anyone. I mean, not a soul, <laughs> like not even my right. friends. I was lying so much I was getting the lies confused with reality. Um, so as a result of that, writing was my way, my one outlet to be completely honest and just say, hey, here's where I am. This is, this is what I'm feeling. This is, this is what I need to get out. And, and honestly, it was... Uh, my saving grace in a very, very dark uh, period of my life. Um, so it helped me kind of get past a lot of teenage angst that I was not brave enough to talk to my parents about or my friends. And it also helped me come to grips with trying to be an adult, one who really didn't even know himself at all, you know. Um, and so that's a bit of my background, and a lot of my poetry is rooted in those transitions that most of us have been through from a mm-hmm. hard just trying to understand who we are, understand our relationship with God, understand our relationship with the world. All of those different transitions in my life um, is what would always prompt me to run back to my notebook. I like that because... But, no, that's really, really good that you said that because, um, you know, there's a few episodes that I have done in the past, um, you know, that talk a lot about, you know, one, going on your own path and, you know, going to the beat of your own drum and not being afraid of who you are. And so hearing you say that your writing allowed you to, you know, release and also kind of, you know, build yourself up to be the brave individual that you are now, that's a beautiful thing because I I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Um, And a lot of people will just keep you know, themselves in just a notebook format. They won't actually allow themselves to, to expand to the world. And I mean, just in the short time that, um, that I've known you, Leon, you know, I can, I can honestly see, you know, the growth, I can see you. And and that's always a beautiful thing whenever you could just be you. And um, I just hope that you know that you truly, you know, are an inspiration to other people. I mean, even without you knowing, I don't know if you do know that you are inspiration or not, but you really, really are. And that's honestly a beautiful thing. Well, thank you so much. I, um, I definitely don't necessarily see myself as inspiration, but I hope to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, I hope to inspire someone to want to be 
the best them, not to be like me, but just to be the best them that they could possibly accomplish on, on this side of heaven, that they just put everything they got into being the best version so, of themselves. And um, I hope they get that from me. Exactly, because a lot of people, they need that. They need that extra step up or that extra boost just to keep pushing forward to to kind of break down that, that wall of conformity. You know, like you said, you, you felt like you had to play a certain role, you know, growing up as a child, but you kind of broke that down and you, you identified who Leon King is. And that's the best thing that you can do, honestly. Uh, you know, just, just shine your light and be you. And, you know, with that being said, how do you feel like you have changed over time? Because you, you turned from somebody who was trying to live this role, you, you were breaking the mold. So how did you change over time where, where you are now? Um, I'm a whole other person in, in the sense of I'm allergic to lies. <laughs> I'm, ab- <laughs> I'm absolutely allergic to lies because I understand how much weight comes with a lie. Mm-hmm. how much bondage a lie is, how much you limit yourself and how much you basically are just digging a grave for yourself that you're just, you know, the worst thing you could ever do to yourself is to not be honest with yourself. It's hard with a lie to other people, but it's, oh, my God, I can't even put a, a, a quantification on how much worse it is to lie to yourself and not be honest with yourself. Um, and so I'm, I'm extremely proud of um, being able to be honest with myself and being honest with myself emboldens me to be able to be honest with others and um, Mm -hmm. unapologetically so. And and that is something I'm so, so proud of. Probably one of the things I'm most proud of um, outside of being somebody who is um, a fierce proponent of being accountable for your choices. Um, Right. So, yeah. That's that's how I've changed over time. From that scared little boy, you know, you know, insecure and and in turmoil and anguish and unsure, I, I walk around now with a different type of pride because I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm okay with being imperfect, and uh, that's how I've changed. Yeah. And and that's so true. I mean, because. Who who really wants to be perfect, right? I mean, it's all about, of course, you want to strive to that goal of perfection, but, you know, who actually just feels like it's, you know, you have to be a certain way all the time, right? I mean, that adds so much more stress to your life. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't notice how much more that, you know, stress that they add to themselves trying to play a part. That's the worst thing that you could do to yourself. One of my friends yeah. bought me a gift a long time ago, um, and it was like something that you sit on your desk, and it just says, "Life." It says, "Life is meant to be enjoyed," um, and it says to laugh as much as possible. And something mm-hmm. about him giving me that, just as you know, my my platonic coworker, um, kind of jarred me that he felt like I needed a reminder that life is meant to be enjoyed. And I know that's because of a lot of the pressures that I put on myself to excel and to not fumble, if you will. But um, it really resonated with me, and it's something I try to remember on a day-to-day basis. Because we, uh, it's not meant to be an awful experience. We're meant to enjoy life. Um, yeah. And I intend to do so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we're here to do. We're here to, one, of course, you know, fulfill whatever God's purpose is for us here on this earth, but then also enjoy life. That's the way I always see it Yes And so you know with that being said Let's just kind of spin the wheels a little bit What's an embarrassing moment that you had Leon Oh god I've had so many (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all Haven't we all Yes I've had so many So many um, embarrassing moments Um, I think one that's probably The the most stuck in my mind Um, I was singing With the, uh, our black choir is what I like to call it um, for the Brotherhood Sisterhood program in um, in middle school and it was my first time having a solo in front of anyone and it was in front of the entire school no I say middle school but it was high school it was high school um, and I had a solo we were singing Now Behold the Lamb by um, Kirk Franklin and the family so I had hey. the second verse they had microphones set up um, 
with both soloists, but it was also the microphones that were supposed to pick up the choir as well. So I assumed that both microphones were on because they mm-hmm. were supposed to pick up the choir as well. Well, my microphone was not on. Oh, no. I started singing, <laughs> and everybody was like, the microphone's not on. And then I started coming with the microphone, trying to get it on, and then I just seized up in kind of fear and tried to start over without the music starting over. Oh, it was a mess. And in oh, front of the no. whole school, first time I had done anything in front of all of my peers, and that was one of the most embarrassing moments ever. So somebody came down out of the choir, who could not sing, by the way, and snatched the mic from me and began singing my part. <laughs> and it always I would have been like, of, how did you? Keep it in, and that's exactly how I felt. But I was so yeah. paralyzed. It was like, I was kind of catatonic, like, is this happening right now? Is this real? You know? <laughs> it was like an out-of-body experience, I couldn't, I couldn't right? <laughs> it. it really did feel that way. It really felt like an out-of-body um, experience, and I kind of keep, keep that with me because if you let fear paralyze you, somebody will come take spot that was really meant for you. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else will get it because you were so paralyzed with fear and there was no action to your plans to see your dreams realized. Um, uh, and so that was my most embarrassing moment, but I, I think it was a good one. I think it was purposeful when I look back on it now. But in that moment, right. oh my God, I was mortified. Oh my goodness. But I guess, like you said, it's something that you can look back on now, and it's kind of like one of those lesson learned things. Like, I'm not about to lay anybody still my spotlight ever, <laughs> no matter what it is. It's mine. It's mine. God gave exactly. it to me. I'm going to do what he told me to do with it. Oh, that is so true. (laughs) So, of course, I want to ask, you know, um, another thing, Leon, because all of us as, you know, writers, poets, even, you know, musicians, artists, whomever, right? We all have those people that we feel like we identify with. So what would be um, an artist or poet that you feel like you identify with? Um, I have an immense love for Jill Scott. Um, just such respect for her bravery in what she does. Um, I'll never forget listening to her first live album and hearing her do The Thickness. Yes. Uh, but just the fact that she would even do a piece that vulnerable and share the inspiration so freely with everyone, all for the sake of getting the message across. And it did such an amazing job of getting the message across. And I, I really identify with that. I love her poetry book. I own it. Um, and then, you know, having the ability to see her live every single time, I'm just transfixed. And she always does something that is just, like, unheard of. And one time I saw her at Essence Festival, and she did a piece, and she said it came to her in the night. It woke her up out of her sleep. And she just grabbed the paper and pen that she leaves by the bed because she knows that these things come quickly, and you have to catch them when they come. And yes. she wrote this song called And I Heard, and she shared it, and it was so beautiful. And she had the entire place just singing to the top of their lungs about how necessary it is to be sensitive to God and when he's speaking to you um, and to know who he is to you and how he's always protecting you, even when you don't think he is. And it mm-hmm. just ministered me in such a way that I was floored and in awe of her willingness to be a vessel. Um, and so I identify with that because I think, um, you know, when I pray every morning, I'm saying, Lord, use me as you would, you know, to, to do what you would have me do, not just be doing my own thing. Um, and I definitely think she lives that way and with a, such a vulnerability and a, a transparency that is um, heroic, even. Um, so I love her. And because my stuff tends to be a little dark at times, I, you know, the reading The Raven in school, um, Edgar Allan Poe just really kind of got a hold on me. <laughs> Really? And, yeah, and I really think that his his willingness to just go there with no fear and just say, "Hey, this is this is this is what I'm. This is it. No matter how dark, no matter how um, crazy or cryptic or or how the world might have seen it, especially at that time, you can't imagine what people would have, you know, how they would have received that, you know. Um, and so, yeah. Like yeah, it. that is true, because a lot of people, it was almost like they were after a witch hunt, if anything, then. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. Anything different, anything off the, the 
the beaten path that's not fitting into a social norm throughout history has been criticized and ostracized and, you know, said, oh, don't do that, you know. So anytime I see somebody just going, powering forward, like without any hesitation to say, you know, this is what I got to give the world, and you can take it, you can like it, you can love it, or be indifferent, that will be your choice. It may not have been meant for you, but I will be obedient um, and give it. I love it. I love how you spell out everything for both artists because pretty much everything that you said about Jill Scott, for one, I totally agree upon. Uh, she is such a beautiful soul, and she's honestly inspiration for me. I remember whenever people used to actually say, oh, you know, hey, Jill Scott, they would call me Jill Scott, and I'd be like, uh-huh. But then, you know, finally I had to say, <laughs> well, no, I'm identifying as Katie Naturally because that's who I am. If people would like to, you know, put me in the mind of Jill Scott, that's even better because she is a wonderful, beautiful being. It was like her and Maya Angelou, they were like my top two, all go-to for everything. Um, And then, of course, Edgar Allan Poe, I think that's one of those poets that kind of resonates with every single poet, at least in a little bit, Um, because it doesn't even matter if you're more of a romantic poet or, um, you know, or a uh, like a fictional writer or whatever the case may be. I think all of us have touched on, you know, that book, The Raven, or at least some of Edgar Allan Poe's poetry. So it's one of those things where you you picked up something with him. You did pick up that darkness. You picked up his realness and his rawness and where he was coming from. And and that's kind of who we all are as poets and writers and artists. We're raw. We're real. You know, we put it out there. None of this stuff is fictional. We live this life, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you got you yeah, to be willing to to answer it, you know, like, ooh. yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, we, we all do, and I, I, I really identified and caught that from him at a young age, because even I, even then I was already writing and doing things in school and doing something, having my friends, that boy can talk, that boy can write, you know, this, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I didn't get it, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't get um, the importance of, of what I was doing. Because right. even then I can look back on some moments and realize I was trying to encourage someone and did not even know it who may have been feeling as lost as I was, you know? And I didn't even know it. I didn't have a clue. I was just a kid. I didn't know anything. I thought I knew everything, of course, as we do when we're children. We think we're, oh, I'm grown. I know everything. I didn't know a damn of thing, course. right? So, but <laughs> but I, um, I can look back and see so clearly now that in my heart of hearts, I was trying to let somebody else know, even then, that we're okay, you know, that we're going to be fine, and let's just hold on, you know. I, I love that song by, um, uh, I was just talking about him earlier, oh, my God. It's a song, it's like, uh, Hang On to the World, uh, Donnie Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Someday, someday we'll all be free is the name of the song by Donnie Hathaway, and he has a lyric in there where he says, hang on to the world. And I think that was what was in my heart to everybody else who may have been feeling the way I was feeling. Let's just hang on to the world. You know, let's just, you know, he, he says a lot of stuff, keep your manly pride and all these other things, but there was such an honesty and an earnest, earnestness and almost a pleading in that song to hold on because someday we'll all be free. And I, he's one of my favorite um, um, and I can see that clearly now, looking back, that that's what was that's what was there. Didn't have a clue. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those things. Like if I knew then what I knew now, but I always think that you know you you have one of those aha moments whenever um, I guess you you need it the most. So it's like you yeah. you knew what you were probably reading then. But as an adult, it resonated with you more. It made more sense. It, it became clearer, and the aha of it came out and about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And and so, Leon, um, another question: What is your what's your dream project? What is it something that you would like to do? Um. So my dream project, I would love to like come compile an art exhibit. You know, I would really do that. I love art. Um, mm-hmm. Is it a particular art, art like the, surrealism, conceptualism, or poet, portrait, no, landscape? All, all of it. I love okay. it all. Um, and I think that's that's 
you know, I just I just love it. Can't draw a lick. Um <laughs> but I absolutely <laughs> love it. You know, all every era. I just love it so much. Um and I would like to write the descriptions. I went to the High Museum recently with my uh my sister and her partner when they came to visit. Um and just reading the things and I was like, Oh man, I wish I could write these little descriptions. So I would love to to be able to set up an art exhibit, write all the descriptions myself in, in my prose, if you will, you know, uh-huh. um, and pick the music for each section of the exhibit so that it's like kind of a walkthrough. So kind mm. of an open concept that I have, but I can see it vividly in my mind. And since my sister is uh, a painter um, and she's getting ready to graduate with her, um, her bachelor's from LSU as a painter, and I'm so excited about that, I'm hoping that that'll be something one day – uh, we can partner and bring to life. Oh, that would be beautiful. That, that, yeah, that's a dream project of mine. I think that'll I think that'll be really good. From from like photographs, I saw a piece at the High Museum. Cannot remember the artist's name, and I hate that. But the piece was titled Lumble, mm-hmm. um, and it was inspired by um, Rodney King and and uh, police brutality. And when I walked oh. in the room, the minute I saw it, it was so jarring that I just started to cry. The grown man, <laughs> right? Yeah. I started crying. It moved me so much. So pieces like that I feel like deserve more than just the the year was painted and the artist's name and the slight description of the, the, the technique that was used. It deserved much more than that. Um, and it was so jarring. It was like cracked glass with smudges, and it took my mind so many places, and it just moved me to the point. So, like in that way, you know, things that do that, even some of um, some of the poetry, um, not poetry, uh, some of the artworks by Renoir mm-hmm. um, that are just so beautiful and so um, whimsical, almost sometimes. They still deserve more than those little tabs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel very they strongly about do. that. I agree with you on that, though, because, I mean, you know, art, it tells a story. But, I mean, I, I honestly think if you pair a poet with it or, you know, some great music with it, it, it would tell an even bigger story. Absolutely. It would make it much more um, of an experience, I think, for the people coming. And I think people need to start to see the beauty in those things even more so than uh, people like you or I who, would, who get enjoyment from it now. I would like to yeah. draw as many people as possible to experience that in this lifetime. Yeah. That's a dream project. Right. That's an amazing dream project. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be beautiful. Well, Leon, we are going to go ahead and take a short break here. To all you listeners out there, if you guys wanted to call in to comment, you know, or speak with Leon to ask him a few questions, I hope that you will. As you guys know, the number to the Naturalist Experience podcast, it is 914-803-4585. So feel free to call in so that you could chat with him briefly. We are going to go ahead and take a short break. The track I'm going to drop your way is Sabrina Colladio featuring Black, title Belong to You. When we come back, Leon King has something to share with us. Nice little piece so again you're hearing this on the naturally experience we'll be back after the break take
All right, loves, and welcome back to the Naturalista Experience. As you all know, we have the wonderful Leon King on the show with us today for our No One Knows a Poet series. Um, so, of course, I said before the break, he's going to share one of his wonderful pieces with us. So, guess what, you guys? Sit back, relax, embrace yourselves for something wonderful. Leon King, you there, my brother? Yes, I'm here. All right, wonderful. So go ahead. Tell us what you have to share with us today. Tell us the name of the piece and go ahead and start your your magic. Okay. Uh, the name of this piece um, is Miss LaBelle. And I'll just okay. get right into it. So. <clears throat> How I wonder what would have been. Seems to me that our potential just hangs in stardust. Matter without movement, no pull, no gravity, afloat with wonderment, frozen, lost in time. It's truly the most beautifully written ballet, unperformed. One I see in my mind consistently and have tried to dance from bed to bed for ages. Never proper, never swan-like but with wild abandon in search of one kindred essence, seeking thunderous applause for satisfactory climax. Two beings and two planes of time exiled in fire with false memory and empty emotion. Simply scattered stardust, so young, so beautiful, our unspoken love, and like a glittering necklace of bone, I wear it every day. And that's it. That's beautiful, Leon. And tell us the name of the piece one more time. Uh, the name of the piece was Miss LaBelle. Miss LaBelle. I love it. I love it. So also, Leon, give us a little bit of background on that piece. Um, you know, when you wrote it, what were you feeling? You know, tell us what, what kind of was going on with you at that time when you wrote this piece, Miss LaBelle. So Miss um, LaBelle is actually a character from one of my favorite movies. Um, and Miss LaBelle was like uh, a kid who abandoned everything and ran off trying to be grown. And <laughs> um, it's just a kid. Um in the movie, so I wondered, you know, was there somebody back home for her that was her age mm-hmm. that was in love with her, but she couldn't see them. Um, so I, that's kind of what prompted me to pull my pen <laughs> and paper that time, because I think I had more often than not um, in in my youth a lot of moments where I was infatuated with people and I confused mm-hmm. it with love. But it was simply infatuation, and so um, that's kind of what the piece spelled out for me, is that I just was so caught up in the dream of it. It could, it could potentially end up being this, but we'll never know. We'll never know. I have to remind myself every day not to get infatuated with people. <laughs> right. Right, and it's so hard. It's like that saying, um, and I think I actually I mentioned it in a show before, um, do not fall in love with potential and don't, you know, become infatuated with somebody's potential of who you think that they could be um, because sometimes they, they don't pan out to be that person and you kind of end up hurting yourself in the end. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. And talk about the false memories and uh, stardust that, you know, scattered. Right. You know, this is all a figment. Um, and none of this was spoken. Um it was just from afar, falling in love from afar, without any real anything. Um, but in my mind, oh my God, it was glorious. <laughs> it's so beautiful in my mind. But then I think about the time I lost, dreaming about what could have been. And if there was anybody who was really in love with me, I didn't see them. I was so lost in my own imagination. Um, mm. yeah, that's kind of what birthed that out and then leave for most of my life, or should I say too much of my life, replaying that same stupidity mm-hmm. and not catching the lesson until I was like, okay, you know, this but <laughs> this was the way I, um, this is the way I wrote it out one day watching that movie. 
from my childhood. It's just something sparked, and then I started writing, and I was like, where did this come from? So after I write something, I always look back at it and say, what was happening? That's... What did I just purge out? <laughs> right. But that's awesome, though, that you were able to pull that that beautiful piece just, you know, from a childhood film. That's wonderful. And then, um, Leon, you know, the show, it's about to come to a close. But I'd like you to leave our listeners with, you know, some inspirational words or thoughts, because, like I said, you're a very inspirational being, at least to me. Um, And so I just wanted you to possibly share those words. We'll probably do maybe about one to two minutes, you know, to do some inspirational words or thoughts for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, If I said anything, I would say um, that everything that you need to live the life that you've always envisioned for yourself, God Mm -hmm. has already given you those things. And you just have to be brave enough and fearless enough to use those things because your gifts will make room for you. And uh, it's success, it's happiness, it's joy, and it's love on the other side of leaving, which is something Steve Steve Harvey said so often, and I, I just completely believe and even where you are in your life right now you will feel immediate change in your in your disposition when you take that leap. So if anything else I would encourage all of you to hey, go ahead and leap out into that into this new life. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, Leon. I want to thank you again so much for everything, and thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. I was, it was great to have you. It was great to have to share you with the listeners. I hope that you enjoyed coming on. <laughs> I did. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Yes, it was a pleasure, Leon. So we definitely will be in touch. I hope you have a wonderful night, my love, and you take care. You as well. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, loves. I want to thank everybody out there for listening to tonight's show. We are, of course, about to close out for the evening, but I will have to send a few reminders your way. Um, If you all would like to be a part of the No One Knows the Poet podcast series on the Naturally Experienced podcast, you guys can showcase your work just like Leon King did this evening, which was magnificent and wonderful. Go to my Patreon account for more details. That's going to be patreon.com forward slash Katie underscore naturalista. Remember, the No One Knows a Poet podcast is going to be an official series that will air once a month. So subscribers to my Patreon account, you guys will have the ability to come on air and be interviewed. It's going to be a great opportunity for you guys, for emerging authors, poets, and artists. So what I want you guys to do, keep those creative juices flowing and the artistic word alive. Also, purchase your copy of Real Love, Real Life and Lust Redeem, Love and Pain, Life Reclaim. Those are my two titles that are available on Amazon. You can get them on either the Kindle or paperback version. Visit my website, naturalistapublishing.com, to stay up to date with everything Katie Naturalista. And I hope you guys tune in Saturday at 7 Eastern Time. And good night, loves, and Katie Naturalista out.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.